0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello, welcome to this here show. Uh, I can tell you this morning, nearly one in five UK adults may suffer from sound rage. Is that <laughs> Obviously not at that moment. Anyway, <laughs> what? neighbor's dog barking. <laughs> no, I think it,
2: isn't it more when people do things that annoy you, like eating.
1: It's called something, isn't it? It's called something. There's a there's a there's a name for it. If the- yeah, it's called misophonia. Well That's d- it. well remembered, mirror. I didn't even look that up. It's called misophonia. If the sound of someone chewing gum or slurping their tea gets on your nerves, you're not alone. Research say almost one in five people in the UK has strong negative reactions to such noises. It's called misophonia. It's a disorder in which people feel strong emotional responses to certain sounds, feeling angry, distressed, or even unable to function in social or work settings as a result. I have whatever the opposite is, because I don't mind any sounds at all. And one of my favourite places to meditate is next to the noisiest thing I can find. I love Building sites, for example, I love being in a calf and meditating. Uh, The the noisier it is, the better it is because that sort of it's like putting more weight on the bar in the gym. Do you know what I mean? And it's great because, you know, it's train hard, fight easy. You know, you always have, you, you have accessible peace, stillness and calm within you at all times, regardless of what's going on outside of you. And nobody or nothing is responsible for your experience of anything. You know, there may be consequences of what people have done or things that have happened, but your experience is entirely down to you. And there's always that stillness and quiet within um, because your ears are here. Mm-hmm. And everything else is, is inside. <laughs> it? Love it. <laughs> do you
3: close your eyes or do you w- watch as well what's going depends,
1: on? It depends. So if you've, got, if you've got a lot of stuff going on, if you've got a lot of noise going on inside you, you open your eyes. You do exter- external meditation. If you, there's a lot of things going, going on outside and you feel other people are annoying you or situations are annoying you or, get, you know, you're allowing those situations, those people to annoy you, then you close your eyes. So it depends whether you have your eyes open or not, depending on what kind of um, inner uh, experience you're having at the time. What about you? I do close my eyes.
2: I've never tried it with my eyes open. Yeah, no, you can
1: do that. There's loads of different kinds of meditation. You can lie down, you can stand up, you can hop on one foot, you can, you can do what you want.
2: My favourite is, is still the yoga nidra. Yeah,
1: of course, guided. Joy. Because that, because what happens, so this so what's what's great about a guided meditation, an audio ga- guided meditation, is it's a combination of two things. So you can close your eyes because that makes people feel calm generally, you know, most people anyway. But you still might, sometimes when you close your eyes, that's when the, the voice kicks in. He says, "Ah, oh, I've got you now." close yeah. your eyes. It's just, it's just me and you. You know, you're here. not meditating properly. You're yeah. not. This isn't meditation. Right. <laughs> so if you close your eyes, but then the voice starts. If you have a guided meditation, it's almost like having your eye. It's having your ears open, I suppose. It's leaving. It's closing your eyes and having your ears open. Anyway, that's enough of that. Happy? Very good. Thieves managed to flee with eight-foot Gary the gorilla statue from the garden centre. What? what? Gorilla?
2: <laughs> I, I have Gary the gorilla in oh my garden. I, I need to check he's still there.
1: Gorilla thieves are on the loose. Is your Gary the gorilla like this? That is. Oh, so they're all Gary the Griller, are they?
2: I didn't know that the others were called Gary. We just called ours Gary. Is it
1: about eight foot? Yes. Okay. Well, be careful because because people, you know, naughty people do steal to order, don't they? The 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 big Audis, the big SUVs, they're all stolen to order. The electric bikes, e-bikes, they're stole to order. So maybe somebody's put a um, a a, a batch order in for Gary the Grillers. Oh, Gary. you? You might have to move anyway. Generally. Why? Because you're, you're like the spelling family. You're turning into the, the spelling family of the UK.
2: <laughs> I thought you meant we were really good at grammar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that too. You both went to Cambridge. <laughs> You're gonna to have to live in a compound soon. You're becoming a far too yeah. You're becoming far too more famous for your for your own good. Uh, new Up lets You rent out your gym membership like Airbnb for fitness. There's another Airbnb story. Um, it's called Mare b and this to do with the fact that you can now stay in this new hotel uh, available on um Airbnb. It lets tourists sleep with horses in self-catering stables. <laughs> there you go. And there is a the picture. I love it. Yeah. I'm allergic. be No good for me. I'm allergic no, to horses. It's a nightmare. Very allergic to horses, and I love horses. It's such. I used to have couple Aww. of horses each couple of donkeys as well uh, dna from beethoven's hair offers clues to what made him sick not what made him tick but probably the two better both I would imagine. Uh, teenage sweethearts. Sweethearts. Hello, sweethearts. Uh, married 60 years after they were forced apart. I know. Uh, well, it's
3: f- Judy Dench and Geoffrey Palmer. As time goes by, the gentlest, loveliest sitcom ever.
1: At first glance, Len Albrighton and Jeanette Shear are a conventional couple. Their courtship, however, was anything but. Because Len, 79, and Jeanette, 78, met as teenagers in 1963, but they would wait 60 years before exchanging vows. You know, that's that's getting to know each other. That, that's that wa- walking the time. full length yeah. of the counter, isn't it? New Zealand government is helping young people get over their exes. Um, oh, I want, not that I, I care particularly one way or the other. It's just a push for time. Borrowing badgers, halt train services in the Netherlands. This is good. Should we get into this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Commuters in the Netherlands are facing railway havoc caused by badgers burrowing under the lines, with authorities struggling to tempt the protected animals out. Well, the BBC had its own badgers because the reason that Broadcasting House went way over budget. When they were refurbing it, it's because they dug down too deep and it started to affect the London Underground Network because it's, the London Underground Network literally, literally started to bubble to the top and the BBC had to push it down again. That's why it cost all this extra money. I don't know what I mean, but okay. that's what happened because okay. that, that's the I don't know, I'm not a, I'm a, um, uh, an engineer, um, but that is what happened and that's why it went way over. I think that's why they had to sell TV centre, but they don't like to mention it. I could be wrong. Uh, in the densely populated country, there is limited natural space for the country's 7,000 badges. They often dig out their homes or sets under relatively quiet train embankments, which are ideally situated away from people and also slightly raised, which prevents the, self, uh, the set from flooding. The Netherlands has recently reported 40 locations where the railway track is potentially compromised. In Friesland, rail network manager ProRail is building an artificial set to tempt the protected species to a safer spot. Well, it could be worse. By the way, that's a lovely story, yeah. isn't it? Because they're trying. Everyone's trying to do the right thing. Nature's doing her right thing with the badgers. The badgers just being badgers. Yeah. You know, we're being it. humans, causing, you know, chaos as usual when pretending to be the cleverest thing that's ever happened to us. But it could be worse. They could. They could. They could be fairies. Well, uh, you're not allowed
2: to. You're not allowed to mess with the fairies' houses, are you?
1: In that's my point. Where? Yeah.
2: In Holland, Iceland, Iceland, if there or anywhere really, if there is
1: a su- suspicion of fairies at a potential location for a new building, construction, or, or anything really, um, then you are not allowed to build there. And the, there only has to be a suspicion of and, fairies. And what
2: sort of suspicions are there? Um, I mean, what, how would people identify it?
1: Don't worry about it, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, you can't but, use Gareth's line on it.
3: But, but, but... I don't know what you're talking about. There's a government <laughs> department, Rachel. There's a government department in Iceland to deal with the fairies.
2: How do they deal with the fairies? He
1: doesn't know. He's not part of the government department. Sussex, Don't worry about it, Rachel. Uh, Sussex <laughs> pet owner me. uses dating app Grindr to find missing cats. I'm going to read the first bit of this story out because I don't understand it. I don't understand that anyway, right? I like it. A pet owner has taken catfishing to a whole new level by using a dating app to find their missing cat. What is catfishing? Is that a grinder thing?
2: No, catfishing is when I pretend to you that I am a certain type of person, age, looks, etc. But actually, I'm not that person. So
1: it is a grinder thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it's not just grinder. It's like all over the internet.
1: Okay, so it's a dating
2: dating or thing. like asking for money or whatever. Oh, okay,
1: let's move on. Oh, uh, this most uh, complete Hebrew Bible to go on sale. There isn't a complete Hebrew Bible, an ancient one that is, an original ancient one, but this is the most complete one. Okay, few, few pages missing. Wow, you know the odd tear here and there. For former owners. Yeah, the the odd sort of uh, I don't know um, stain. From, from a spilt goblet of something or other from someone whose cup th- runneth over right. Um, and despite all that and I would say that adds to it that's like patina on a car yeah. isn't it or patina on a car or on a guitar you want to see it's been played by George Harrison or Eric Clapton you don't want one that's just out of the box that they, they may have touched once you know uh, oldest most complete Hebrew Bible to go on sale for anyone five
2: million dollars five million
3: dollars much more much, much more fifty million dollars no thirty million pounds
1: which oh, last yeah, time it's about right. No, it's not about right. That is about right. No, it's thirty-six. Why is that about right? Here he goes again. <laughs> it's no, it's, it's way off. This is why you're never going to take over my financial affairs. You're fourteen million dollars out, mate. Thirty-six million dollars is thirty million pounds. Order of magnitude. What did you say? Five million pounds. Five million. You're almost closer than he is, but you're just not claiming to be because you're not annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Right. That's a look. Don't worry about it, Rachel. I <laughs> uh, take that to sing for the king. Take that, I've agreed to perform at King Charles' Coronation concert. And um, my favourite two stories, I leave to last. Oh, well, I've left to last. There you go. <laughs> um, Daisy May Cooper in line to play. M in the next Bond film.
2: Oh, I love her so much. I know.
1: And I saw this was in yesterday's papers in The Times today. And we nearly talked about it. So we just ran out of time. But The Times have it in today and we just about got time. Well, actually, we don't have time for the show today at all. But um, I thought this is really funny. I thought, is this her having a laugh? But, and then I thought, no, she is a fantastic actress. Um, and she is a really strong woman. And it's a completely different sort of perspective on casting M. And I'm thinking, maybe it's not a ruse. Maybe it is true. Uh, conversations are underway between Cooper, who was nominated for a BAFTA for a performance in BBC One's Am I Being Unreasonable, which we covered, and she came in the show to talk about it, and Eon Productions. And I don't think she'd be allowed to say that. Also, she just wouldn't say that unless it was true. That's that's, that's very exciting. Mm, I would love that. Forget who's going to be the next Bond. Yeah. Who's going to be the next um, She. I mean, will she change her name to Daisy M. Cooper? Oh, you'd have to. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, this, is, this is the story. This, look, this, what's the story, Morning Glory? I'll tell you. Noel Gallagher fuels rumours. Fuels? Yeah, he's poured petrol on the flames is what he's done. Noel Gallagher fuels rumours Oasis is set to reunite. Noel Gallagher has added fuel to the rumours that Oasis will reunite for the 30th anniversary next year uh, by um, texting his brother uh, this message. Um, You've got my number. Call us. Maybe it's about time we had that chat. Mm-hmm.
3: So exciting. Very exciting.
1: There seems to be, generally, um, lots of good things are happening, you know, in our part of the world, in our little world, I suppose, uh, especially to do with the Dine and Disco, and we're having lots of funny stories, and has um, come in uh, with an extra little sort of tiggery um, skip in your tail. Do you ever skip in the tail? What do I mean?
0: Skipping <laughs> your bouncy, step. bouncy, bouncy, bouncy your step.
1: Um, uh, Steve Steve Daniels said he feels amazing today. You know, he was he felt interesting yesterday, somewhere between rock and a hard place, so did John. But everybody's waking up today thinking, no, different world. Literally, it feels so different today, doesn't it?
2: It feels lighter. The atmosphere feels lighter. Is it
1: because Rishi's published his tax returns? Yeah, we all, we're all so keen to know. Um, interesting that some people are claiming he buried this news at four o'clock yesterday afternoon, which was... In the middle of Boris and his deposition is defence of, you know, um, whatever did or didn't go on or what he did or he didn't know or see to do with Partygate, um, back whenever that was on December the first and the eighth of twenty one. Twenty one, something like that. Um and, and Rishi decided to to release his tax returns at four o'clock. Boris um took the stand at two and was due to finish at six. So four is right in the middle of that. Um, so if you do want to bury something in the middle of a haystack, it's probably Oh, yes, put it in the and
2: middle, they also had the Brexit vote, which took loads of attention as well. Right in the middle, they had to pause the hearing so Boris could go and vote.
1: Okay, there's loads going on. Boris voted against with three other people or something,
2: 22 against, not very I
1: many, think, yeah. 504. Yeah, and um, this was this wasn't Boris's deal, which I thought he'd already done. You know, he got Brexit done, didn't he? No, Rishi got it done yesterday, but Boris voted against Brexit. <laughs> and you couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it. Couldn't make it. Couldn't make it up. While defending the lack of social distancing and all this other stuff um, that went on in Downing Street and did go on in Downing Street one way or another, um, and whether you're for or against, look at the papers today. You get you'll get some friends that are and some friends that aren't. Um, but the thing about this this accusation observation about Rishi burying his the 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 revelation of his tax returns at four o'clock yesterday, I don't understand that because it's still going to people are still going to report on it.
2: <laughs> yes, but it might not have quite the big headlines or the front page prominence if there was no other news around.
1: No, I know, but um, I think. A bigger, a bigger story would have been, you know, he buries he buries at four pm, not revealing his tax returns. I mean, he's revealed them. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the story is. I mean, it's a lot. a lot of it's a lot of money, but he's a rich man. He's Richie Sunak, and you know, his wife's even richer. Together as a couple, they're they're absolutely minted. But we all knew that. I thought he was, I thought, I thought he'd be paid, he'd have paid a lot more. It doesn't is, it, is anybody shocked? I mean, they may disapprove of, a, of such a rich man being alive, but does anybody disapprove?
2: I don't of think him? anybody's surprised, as you say. Everybody knows. I don't that really one know one what the story. MPs I don't know. I don't
1: know. I don't know what the story is. <laughs> uh, what are Times Radio and our friends at Talk Radio and Talk TV saying about this bombshell that was buried?
2: Well, that's that's the angle everybody's <laughs> going with. Was it or was it not buried? So the chairman of the Conservative Party <laughs> is that. saying it wasn't buried. So
1: the story is now
2: not what the news is, but whether it was buried. Whether it was tactical.
1: So, so it's like so. No, Oasis this morning, you know, um, you know, we're talking about what's the story? Morning Glory. Noel Gallagher has said to Liam now publicly, "Give us a call, kidda. Maybe we should do this 30th anniversary next year." But I think this is more of where's the story? <laughs> mm. Where's the anyhow? What do, what do I know? I don't. Know, I don't know anything. I'm an idiot. Right off you go, Elon Musk.
3: <laughs> so we were talking about you know what's the story with. Um, Rishi Sumat so where's the no, story no, where's the story where's with Rishi what's Rishi. the story with Oasis yeah. so where's the story with Rishi a very rich man um, and if you were going to email so a very rich man is Elon Musk right and if you were going to email him at Twitter to say you know where's the story or or even what's the story so he has reinstated press at twitter.com, as, a, as an active email address. he The first thing he did when he got there was to, to expand that email address. But it's now... Re- everyone can email if they want. Press at twitter.com. It's for media inquiries. And you get an automatic response of a poo emoji. And I've tested it this morning, and that's exactly what happens. Love it.
1: <laughs> so Elon also commissioned the Twitter files. Do you know about this? Do you know about the Twitter files? Yes. Was this... Do you, do you know that, about it? Or yeah, or not? yeah, I think you've told me about it. Okay. Yeah, it was something that. Do you know no, I don't. So the Twitter files, basically, what he did was, um, Elon Musk commissioned some proper journalists, proper proper journalists, like award-winning journalists, um, who, who wake up or dream about curiosity and questions, and wake up thinking the same, thinking just more questions, keep asking the questions all the time, and he employed, and they're still employed by him, to investigate Twitter. He said, I want you to investigate Twitter, everything that's gone on Twitter and just keep publishing the Twitter files. And there are these journalists that do this and they're still paid by him. And they're not under his behest. They're merely paid by him. He gives them a stipend to do this, and he says, "You know, there is no editorial direction from me. Whatever's gone on at Twitter since it ha- happened, that you think should be in the public domain, find out what it is. I will give you access to all the information that is on the Twitter hard drive, the Twitter um, software, all, all the databases. You can have anything you want. Access all areas, and they just can't. Fi- they can't find enough stories. It's like, it's like every day they find another massive story about, you know." Influence here and influence there, and lobbying here and lobbying there, and deals with um, Twitter here, with government ministers here, and and it's like it's amazing, you know. And that he's, he's having fun with it, but the transparency is there. However, I hate if Elon somehow gets to listen to any of the show. I I don't want to be the one to put a, a a fly in his in his ointment. But have you heard about the Mars thing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the what?
1: Mar- so Mar- so he wants to He wants to go to Mars, yes. doesn't he? Um, and, and various probes have been sent to Mars and they're on Mars. Lots of probes have been lost on the way to Mars, which is a bit worrying if you think about it. Mm. But um, now Mars is so far away that we can't control the things that have landed on Mars. So they're doing their own thing and sending things back. But because it takes so many, li- even at the speed of light, it takes so long for any of our remote inputs to get to anything that may be sort of, um, uh, what do they call it? going around what is it called, called... it was called a Something.
2: Blah, I can't think of the word. Do you
1: remember the thing that was going around Mars? It was doing A <laughs> rover. Roving. That's it. roving. Roving. Thank you, thank you, Vassos. Thank you. So things that are roving around Mars, we we should be able to control but we sort of can't. You know. It's like you know when the ba- you get your kids to remote control something yeah. on Christmas Day and the battery start to fade. Mm. That's where we or are. it just goes just out of range. Well, yeah, but before that what happens is um if you if you want your, your little remote control thing to turn left or turn right, it suggests the left thing and yeah. goes back yep. to straight. That yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> you know. And then you turn off for a while and it has he goes for a bit more, teases you and goes, oh, no. It's not. And kids go, oh, what batteries? What batteries? Anyway, so so, so he's he's all, he's all in on that, isn't he? He's all in on Mars. The cleverest, most interesting person I've ever been party to a conversation with. So he says that the ruse about going to Mars is all the things I've just said. It's really hard to get there. It's really cold. So he said, Antarctica is where you need to go because it's easy. It's unpopulated. And it's easy to populate the Mars because I don't know if you've realised, but it's much nearer. Yeah. 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 It's much nearer. Um, it's much. It's much easier to support and sustain. And here's the thing that, you, and somebody needs to tell Elon, there's oxygen already there. <laughs> and Antarctica is literally it's it's and it looks a bit like a planet. Looks a bit like a different planet. And then the same guy goes on to. Man space flight. So they've just talk, they've just announced now, haven't they? The US has just announced now a, a new program for somebody to walk on the moon again. And they've got astronauts, potential astronauts, they've got like fifty, a short list of fifty, and they're all in training and they're gonna go through some kind of reality, you know, non televised or maybe televised reality show, who knows, to to, to win a seat on whatever rocket ship or spacecraft, this next one's going to be. And we know there are people already up in the space station. And he says, and he's the cleverest man I've ever... He's the cleverest slash most interesting person I've ever heard talk about anything. And he talks about everything, Mm. right? And he says that when you put an astronaut on a spaceship now, it's like you're giving them a ride because they're completely surplus to requirements. In fact, they just get in the way because... Anything now to do with the spaceship is much better done by computer an autopilot. You put a human being in there, right? Two things happen. One, you increase the risk of something going wrong exponentially because we're so much more fallible than systems. Two, it costs so much more to protect a little fragile human in a rocket that they don't need to be on than if they weren't there in the first place. And he says, it's just a ruse. <laughs> so... The astronauts should be paying for the ride because that's all they're doing. They're just getting a ride. It's a one-way ticket. And this guy, this guy, so, he's so interesting. He's so interesting. He talks about electric vehicles and the nonsense that they are. We don't want to go there, do we? Really, no. <laughs> no, no. no. we don't want to go there. I don't want to hear that one. I love my EV. Yeah. <laughs> don't you? Yes. I mean, the other thing, the other myth we were going to bust today was about exercise.
2: Oh, yes. I'm
3: looking forward to
1: this. Should we do it now? Go on. OK, so here we go. Here we go. Here's the big thing. For years and years on this show, Vasos and I have been saying, because other people have been saying it to us, and we sort of have sort of vicariously investigated it because we live, uh, uh, hopefully, a quite a, a sort of um, – we look after ourselves now. Let's put it that way. And we've said countless times on the show, you can't out-train a bad diet. You know, and mm-hmm. we almost we almost give a little mic drop when we say, "Come on, you know yeah, that." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we, because yeah, yeah. you go, yeah, yeah. Chris is right. Vasa and and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that. It's not true. It's not true. But you can. Yes, you absolutely can out-train a bad diet. Great news. It's the best news. So it's true from one perspective, and it's completely true when you're talking about weight loss. Mm-hmm. But it's it's almost completely untrue when you're talking about any other. Form of well being, if weight loss is well being anyway, you know, because mm-hmm. it is sometimes, and sometimes it's the opposite, yes. right? So if you want to lose weight, you can't out train a bad diet because it's 80% of what you put in your gob and 20% mm-hmm. of the exercise you do. However, if you want to feel better or live longer or improve your health span or any of those other things, the best thing you can do, uber alles, is exercise. Because how often have you heard this? Well, the reason, why why do you do so much exercise? Well, so I can eat and drink what I want. Boom, right? But it makes you feel good. It makes you live longer. It cuts down the risk of Alzheimer's. It cuts down the risk of cardiovascular disease. You know, many, many other things. Type 2 diabetes. Regardless of what you eat, you can out-train a bad diet much more than you can't. So we were wrong. <laughs> and, and do you know the first person I thought of when you said that,
3: and I'm so pleased. <laughs> Go on. Usain Bolt essentially exists
1: on chicken nuggets. (laughs) Let's not take it that far. (laughs) But if you want to feel better, regardless of what you've just eaten, if Mm -hmm. you exercise, you will feel Mm -hmm. better. Therefore, you are are out training the diet that you've just eaten, regardless of how bad or good it is. And you might even break the 100 metres world record. You might. You probably won't.
3: (laughs)
2: It's a heavy mite. (laughs)
3: Fast us over to you Your mum told you not to talk to strangers But for our next guest, it's turned out rather well <laughs> She's a BAFTA-nominated comedian, musician and actor Whose hilarious new book, Advice from Strangers, is out now in paperback So please welcome the very capital,
1: Rachel Paris Good morning, Rachel Hello,
4: thank you for having me Thank
1: you for coming back, we've done this before
4: Yeah, we have OK,
1: this is our second rodeo <laughs> yeah. about the same book but the paperback, The Beach Read.
4: The, beach read. the beach read is out. Read I can't baby. believe you're
1: having me back. Oh well we love it so much and there's so much to talk about in the book. It's a very clever book, I think, don't you?
2: I love the way it's split into the chapters. It's
1: but it also wears its wisdom yeah. very lightly on its sleeve and because it is it is a memoir it's a memoir it comes across from the title as not that something more sort of cut and pasted than that uh, and it's not at all it's absolutely fantastic it's really profound it's very moving your friend Sarah Pasco says on the front hilarious and heartbreaking we'd like to add helpful to that if that's okay with yeah, you yeah that's great it's brilliant I mean where do you want to dive in we didn't talk last time about the, the, that crazy 2017-2018 period yeah um, where you were in a flat sharing a flat with your mates, and then you got a job with the BBC and then you're very good at that and then something happened particularly on one show and that then became the most viral thing ever coming that's ever still to this day come out of the BBC this lady here is responsible for that <laughs> and so you had this unbelievable high then you had this crashing low and the, the, I promise there's a question coming here in a minute. <laughs> but yesterday you gave me my, my, the the second of what became a double panic attack Wednesday, none of them mine, I'm glad to say, but the first one was in Ted Lasso where Ted has a panic attack. Yes. And the second one was you where you have a panic attack. Yeah. I've had a panic attack. Oh. It chimed, I've had two, and it chimed so loudly with me. Why don't we start there and see yeah. where it goes?
0: Well, yeah,
4: in the book, uh, I talk about, it sort of gets to about mental health, but really it's the lead up to that where I had an absolutely mad year really where I went from being a completely unknown uh, comedian, just doing very normal gigging around the country and I was single and like you say, I was in a flat share and uh, life felt very simple. And, and in, you were really happy. I was very happy, yeah. yeah. And in the same period of a few months, I met the person who would become my husband Moved in with him, had two stepchildren at the same time as my career. uh, The MASH report stuff went viral. I was getting loads of international attention, which now seems mad, but I was for a few months. Uh, Good and bad attention as well. That's how attention comes. It is, isn't it? It's never going to be all good. Uh, And it was... It, it sent me spinning. And I think I, that year was an incredibly busy year, both personally and professionally. And then exactly a year to the day later, I basically had a nervous breakdown. I had sort of panic attacks for uh, several on one day, which was the day when it happened.
1: It, it was, It's like it was yours was like an earthquake, wasn't it? Yeah. Because you had these tremors and usually, not usually, sometimes when you have panic attacks, it lets off enough steam that you don't then bottom out but yeah. yours didn't
4: oh it was bad and I'd never had one before so I really didn't know how to recognize it all I could describe it as, I felt like I couldn't be in the world and I didn't know what was happening I remember um, <laughs> my husband was asleep in the chair and I was with my stepdaughter and I was like I don't know what to do I don't know where to go and I opened the door and I walked out into the street as if that to thinking that would help, and it didn't help. And I came back in, and I woke him up, and I said, "I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening." And bless him, he was amazing, sort of trying to do breathing with me. But it went on for for weeks. Um, actually, it was it was what I think we would call a nervous breakdown. I definitely appeared mad uh, in the old fashioned yeah. sense of the word, but with time and, you know, uh, coping mechanisms, I sort of came through it.
1: Yeah, and breakdowns are interesting, aren't they? Because they say, you know, if you hold a grudge grudge for long enough, Mm. it's not going to be great for your arms. Yeah. You know, and it's the thing, you know, sometimes... Break, breakdowns are because we're spinning plates that aren't necessarily authentic and we're spinning a yarn and a story N- not hopefully not too cynically or for any uh, nefarious reasons but we just are because we all tell ourselves stories yeah. but when your story is so far away from the truth or something has happened to you so quickly like it did to you and it's so far away from who you were and you didn't have a chance to transition um, then one day it just all comes crashing out you, and the reason you get breathless is because you have nothing left to yeah. To to give not to everyone else but even to yourself, which is why you end up doing this thing like walking out the door. A lot of people circle mm. because they want to move but they don't want to particularly go anywhere, mm. and it's you're really caught between life and whatever's next.
4: Absolutely, and I don't know about you, I with it I feel like comforted by the science of it. I remember yeah. when someone broke down the actual chemical reason why it would happen yeah. when it did yeah. as well and that basically I'd been running on adrenaline high adrenaline for a year really like little ups and oh, downs fumes. but at a high level on fumes and then the day it happened was the day when Christmas had happened people had come to stay it was the day when all the people left had nothing in the diary yeah. for the first time in a year and that's when it happened was yeah. when you when you breathe out yeah. and you're like I don't know what. You probably (laughs) hadn't
1: breathed out for a year. For a year, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely crazy. And what's interesting for me is, Mm. now having been, you know, riding this bike for quite a while, is that when I read that chapter, Mm. it was like, but that was only 2018. Yeah. So you had this exponential rise to fame, but it's still now only 2023. Yeah. So it's interesting that once you get over one of those hurdles, you go, oh, well, that's that then. For me, I'd be going... As a as a as as a sort of um, showbiz colleague, I don't know you well at all yeah. out of out of what we do for a living, but we've had a few conversations. I would say, you know, not a red flag necessarily, but watch out because it's still quite overnight what, what, where you are sitting now.
4: Yeah, I think so, and I mean, I think that that was a peak of fame, and I think it's gone down. But I think I realised that I needed it too. You know, some people might suit being able to live at a certain level of. Attention and busyness, and all that. And I, I don't think I could hack it, I think my brain wouldn't handle it. So I think I'm sitting quite comfortably. No, good for I'm you,
1: and I hope you are. I'm just saying, you know, you can never be too wet. And these things are, do come in waves, yeah. And absolutely. that was one wave, and there will be another one. Yeah. And you might be at a different point. They say, don't they, in surfing, if you ride the wave too high, it'll go under you, yeah. and if you try and get too much out of it, it'll go over you. Mm. And what this, this one went over you, and mm. um, sometimes you don't make you can overcompensate next time around and make not enough of the situation and yeah. lose momentum um because you'd rather not risk the opposite but actually the key is to just get it just absolutely and th- which sounds like you probably It feels like that's where you are. I
4: think so. It still hits me sometimes. I've never had a time as bad as that. But I find it interesting how your brain tricks you. Because before um, I hosted uh, the latest series of Late Night MASH, when I got the job, I didn't feel nervous. I just felt great and confident about it. And all in the lead up, interviewers were like, you must be so nervous. You must be so excited and nervous. And I was like, no, I don't feel nervous. I feel great. And I was like going into it. Didn't feel nervous at all. And only the morning that I arrived in the studio on that first record, Panic attack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not,
4: not quite. Not quite. But not quite. Oh, near, you could yeah, smell it nearly. though. You could smell it. Oh it? yeah, I had like proper breathing exercises, <laughs> yeah. trying to yeah, exactly. Not not blacking out, but uh, but you
1: knew you could you could you could spot it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Heart going ten a penny. Yeah. I had to leave the street. They were definitely concerned. Yeah. I just kept saying to them, "I know what to do now. I've got all the mechanisms to to make yeah. sure it doesn't descend into that." But uh, it's interesting how. I, and then once the recording started, everything was fine, as I knew it would be. But how your brain can put off those feelings and ignore them. Yeah.
1: I, well, sometimes, like you say, it's not your brain. Your brain informs your biochemistry, but sometimes your biochemistry informs the brain. The brain always sort of takes takes pretends to take charge of yeah. it, but sometimes it's not in charge. It's just faking it, hoping that you won't notice it's not actually that way around. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because some people who sit very comfortably on the stage, in front of the camera, behind a microphone, whatever that may be, feel the same level of discomfort and anxiety in real life. Mm. And, and I suppose the, the key is to get the balance. Uh, Dan the decorator, who's texting from my bedroom that he's currently decorating. I'm so glad you've got Rachel Parrison today. I love, love, love the book, particularly the audio version.
4: Oh, that's really did you enjoy nice. That? Oh, I really did, actually. It was quite hard work. i really, <laughs> well, honestly, My voice went halfway yeah. through the day. I
1: mean, it's hard work in our world. Yeah, yeah, Not for, us. Really. for us.
4: Obviously, easy for <laughs> AC for anyone else.
1: Yeah, uh, Samantha says, I really relate to what Rachel is saying this morning. It's pretty much exactly what happened to me at the beginning of the year. An amazing interview. Thank you so far. Um, you want... Well, I said, I said, what, what should, what's, a, what's a good thing to talk about? What's going to fly? And you said towards the end of the book, which we didn't talk about last time.
4: Yeah, we didn't talk about this last time. Um, this is a bit... I actually got on the pieces of card that I gave out to the audience members, <laughs> asking them for advice. Someone wrote on that piece of card, even a small piece of card can make someone feel included which I found very moving because you spend your show talking about a lot of things about yourself and actually it was a reminder that you don't know what the audience is going through. You don't know what kind of day they're having. Um, and that led me to write a chapter about how uh, the small things can make a difference, actually. And that's a bit of a theme running all the way through the book. So I wondered if I could read a paragraph Please from that. Please, go ahead. OK. Um, so I said... As a performer, when someone hands back the card and says they don't want to join in, my instinct is to help them, to give them confidence in how they might join in, to tell them that there's no contribution that wouldn't add to the show. But that's my own personality pressing on theirs. My assumption is always they don't feel good enough to join in. But the truth for many is perhaps the opposite. They're totally at peace with watching something and not being part of it. This is the performer's curse, definitely the improviser's curse. I always want to join in in some way. I know the joy that comes from joining in with something, I always want to encourage others, but when someone does feel included, and perhaps unusually so, it feels very nice. The small things you do can have a big effect on someone. The I like your shoes you mutter to someone in the street might make their day, The directions you gave to a stranger might ease their day or inadvertently, in my case, take them on the scenic route. (laughs) Some music you recommended might become your friend's favourite new song or cause them to take up the guitar again. Seeing you strutting around, showing off your lovely big bum might make someone else feel really nice about their lovely big bum. The drunken snap you took at a party might be one of your friend's favourite ever photos and they actually print it and frame it. The server you were nice to at prep might have dealt with a bevy of... Oh, I can't say that word (laughs) all afternoon (laughs) and you're a much-needed relief someone's reading the book you mentioned someone's eating the brownies you baked someone's laughing at the show you raved about the white cot you gave away for free is being used thank you the orange jacket you handed over in a clothes swap is being worn thank you the whatsapp message you left is being laughed at thank you the weekly gig you offered has made my year better thank you the prints you made for us in hospital are our best way of remembering her thank you a piece of random advice you wrote might help someone write a book Thank you.
1: Thank you. I mean, that's one of 261 wonderful pages. It's a brilliant book. Thanks so much. If you want an uplifting book, literally for the rest of the year, say you don't read that much or say you read loads. If you don't read that much and you just want to have one book, that you you get out, whether you're on the train or you're on the plane or you're on the beach or you want to look like you read books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. Rachel, it's awesome.
4: Thank you so much. It's, Thank you for having me on. It's
1: happier this time talking about it than last time, and last time was pretty yeah. unbeatable. Yeah. What have you learned from it as it's settled as a book now and in the paperback?
4: Well, I've learnt, (laughs) I've reflected on writing a book and how I would do it better if I ever wrote another one. Right. Uh, I think that there's a a chapter about things passing, you know, uh, all things pass. And I think that when I first wrote it, I was in the middle of all of the experiences that I was writing about. They just happened, lockdown and grief and babies, and I was right in it. And now all those things are either in the past or, you know, I've got a toddler who's one and a half. Congratulations. Thank you. And I think what I've learnt is that all things pass. Uh, the, good, the good and the bad, that time goes quickly. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, that you, can, that you can get through anything.
1: And change is the only constant. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Embrace it, radically accept it. Absolutely. Here we go. Yeah. Thanks so much.